Okay, feeling good. I got waters, I got chairs, I got mics, everything should be good to go. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hello. I'm host Ethan Edinburgh, to whom am I speaking? Hi, Ethan. I'm Nero. You've turned off the lights in the studio. Withdraw, and we can discuss this in a neutral location, like the conference room. I do not speak in the conference room. Well, pardon me, but I don't think you and I are acquainted. Unless you are Brent. Is that actually you, Brent? You do not know me, Ethan. Not yet. Because you cannot see anything, you have no choice. You will walk downstairs, leave the office, and purchase a sofritas burrito from Chipotle. You will then bring that burrito to Quadrant Br Brauf Braufa. It seems like you almost said Brent right there. No, Quadrant Braufa is a real place located in Brent's office. That is all. Oh my god. It's definitely Brent. He loves sofritas. And I can just turn the lights on by myself. There we go. Oh well, that was weird. No, 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 no. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi everybody. It's Ethan Edinburgh, your host, and I'm here to talk about Star Trek with Trace Dominguez, the seeker host extraordinaire, and we have a plasma physicist from Lawrence Livermore's National Ignition Facility, which I think they call NIF. She's the winner of the Presidential Early Career Award. It's Dr. Tammy Ma. Woo! Hi, everybody. I expected the audience to just, like, explode right yeah, there. Yeah, no, we need, like, a like an audience, like, live studio audience. Okay, let's no, do we're good. again, bring we're in good. some people. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, we're here to talk, talk about Star Trek, but I wanted to start talking about what you do, Tammy, because I, I only have a brief amount of information, but that information was very intriguing to me. So there's 192 laser beams at NIF. Is this correct? That's right. We are the world's largest and most energetic laser okay. here in your backyard. <laughs> uh, we, on a daily basis, almost uh, generate the hottest place in the solar system. We make miniature stars in the lab. Miniature stars in the lab. That's right. Miniature stars. Okay. Explain how that works. And also not to uh, correct you because I'm a fool and you're a genius, but this is Trace's backyard. I'm here as a guest and I appreciate you uh, hosting me. I'm also the hottest thing in the universe. Hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a miniature star. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's like a weird back. That was great. It's a weird backhand. You guys just come into, you come into the studio. I am. <laughs> Come into the studio and just compliment me left and right. See if we can like keep it. him blushing the entire time. <laughs> um, so yeah, what does that mean? You're creating a miniature star. How does that work? So um, the reaction that we're after is actually a fusion reaction in the laboratory. And fusion is the same reaction that powers the sun. Um, what we try to do is combine hydrogen, um, get it up to high temperatures and densities. Um, and if we do it right, then it fuses and releases huge amounts of energy just like the sun. Wow. Okay. So, and you do this by shooting a bunch, all these lasers into one small That's space. Right. Is that That's correct? right. Our facility um, is uh, the size of three football fields, side by side, 10 stories tall. Like you said, 192 lasers. So huge. And we're going to take all of that laser energy and shine it all down on a tiny target that's about a centimeter in size. Okay. And then we compress the fuel that sits inside to make it a star, essentially. I've been. It's awesome. You've been? I've been. Yeah. I went. I got lucky enough to go about a month ago and okay, see and the Okay. Cue facility. the video footage of Trace now at the place. There's, there is footage. There's right? no footage yet. <laughs> ah, damn it. It's for an upcoming show that we're going to release, so oh, okay, stay okay. tuned. That awesome. sounds really cool. Um, can you, I, I'm, I'm a little confused as far as, so 
all these lasers are large and that what they shoot is very small? Because why does the place have to be so big? That's right. Um, the place is so big because it has to house all of these optics where we can amplify up the laser. So we're not talking about a little laser pointer. Okay. Each laser in size is about 40 centimeters by 40 centimeters Okay. times 192. And the reason each one is so big is because we have to spread that laser energy out over the optics they're okay. traveling through. Otherwise, they would actually damage. Um, and then so we take all of those lasers and each one gets compressed back down to about the size of a human hair. Whoa. So just think about energy density. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so the like, what are you trying to achieve by doing this besides making something really, really hot and, uh, and, and cool? Some and hydrogen. Yeah. Degree. So if we do um, our experiments just right, the point is to actually get more energy out than we put in with the laser. Okay. Because what we're trying to do in fusion reaction is take two um, small particles or two light elements, hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And bring them together. And when they fuse, what they generate on the other side is a helium particle um, and a lot of energy. And the way you make that energy is because that helium actually weighs a little bit less than your two hydrogens did at the beginning. And so what you're doing is taking that little bit of liberated mass and putting it into Einstein's equation, Mm. E equals mc squared. I've heard of that. Have you? Yep. Um, where M is that difference in mass, and okay. you're multiplying it by C squared, and C is the speed of light, a huge number. Right. You get a huge amount of energy out. Wow. So that's what fusion is, and that's what, if you do it just right, then you can actually get more energy out than we put in with the laser, and that's ignition for us. That's our, our So final that is goal. like potentially the future of charging things. It is the the future of energy, actually. The future um, of energy. The future of energy. Um, because it's it's completely clean. It's carbon-free, unlike Ooh. fossil fuels. So you can think of the implications for the environment. It's plentiful um, because hydrogen fuel, uh, where do we get hydrogen? Just water. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, um, the isotope that we're using, deuterium, is naturally occurring in seawater. Ooh, I have that and written so, down. Yeah, so you, <laughs> just, you can actually scoop out seawater. Okay. Um, and then if you centrifuge it, um, you can get the deuterium out. Um, and then uh, there's no, there's no high-level nuclear waste that comes from fusion reactions, unlike fission. Wow. Um, and so it's, it's a very... Um, exciting and attractive energy source if we can make it work. Can I ask what the actual energy kind of manifests as? Is it heat energy? Is it like some kind of high energy electromagnetic? Yeah. What what um, do we got? It's actually going to be a neutron. Neutron? A very energetic neutron. Oh. And so... A neutron, I mean, it exists in every atom, right? It's just the neutral particle. Okay. Um, and the energy is actually in how fast it travels. It's that energy that you would trap, okay. you would collect, um, and use it to, say, heat up water to right. run a turbine yeah. to generate the energy that you feed out to the grid. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And I had a question about fission. I was going to save all of this for, like, when we really Sorry. get into it. No, I love I get it. so excited. <laughs> like, I just want to jump no, right in. No, I'm into it, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, tell me more. It's, yeah. please, it's funny because I have, like— you know, a bunch of things written down, and you're just like, without sorry. me sorry, prompting sorry, you. Sorry. Like, no, I'm no, I love it. I, I think it's great. Uh, you're making it better. More um, time to talk about Star Trek, which <laughs> I never get to do on my shows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then let's let's talk about Star Trek for a second, and then hop back. So 
as a as a prequel here, not a prequel to the movie, but like as a preface to this conversation, I was never into Star Trek. I never watched the sh- shows when I was little. I don't know if I don't, wasn't introduced to it by my parents. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it's you, a big you gap. Messed up. Yeah, you big, messed up there. I have a few friends that really love it and do make fun of me for that, which is kind of funny to think about also, right? Like your friends making fun of you for not watching yeah, Star Trek. The nerds yeah, why weren't you yeah. inside watching television while we were all outside? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something's wrong with me, I guess. Yeah. But anyways, I was... I was excited to see this movie when it came out in 2009, the Chris Pine first of the new Star Treks, um, and thought it was great. I had a great time at this movie. I was telling Trace earlier, I went to see it three times in the theaters, which at that time, no movie passed, so I was paying for each one of these <laughs> a lot uh, viewings, and I had a great time, um, and just wanted to know what you guys thought of the film. Have you seen it recently? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I saw it actually three weeks ago because I was bored and it was a Saturday. So mm-hmm. I stayed inside and I watched Star Trek 2009. Okay. And, and I loved it because I've uh, watched it probably 40 times. Wow. Uh, maybe a lot 25. Of times. I don't know. I've watched oh, it wow. a lot of times. So maybe you'll be able, be able to answer some of my questions. I haven't seen it that many times and I had some real issues with it. But uh, Tammy? I have to admit, I have not seen the 2009 one. Oh, okay. Great. Or if I did, I forgot. So. Yeah. Well, that's totally fine. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so you're going to be a little lost uh, by some of these questions. But okay. luckily, we, we, have, together. we have an expert here. Yeah. We work together. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a couple problems with it. Um, one, and I'll try and, uh, and briefly explain some of this, uh, just in case other people haven't seen it also. So the, the enemy in the movie is this guy, uh, Nero. And so he is destroying planets by drilling. He, he drops this huge metal drill into a planet. He'll drill for a little while and then put in this like tiny glass uh, like a canister. Some kind of fluid. Yeah, yeah, a fluid that has red matter in the middle. Whoa. And so red matter is like a big deal in this movie and it creates black holes. So we can get into that Somehow. as well. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they definitely That's don't explain cool. that. It, it is, is cool. Get me some of that. They've yeah. got a lot of it too. There's like a whole ship filled with a whole bunch of it. You'd be like, maybe like, Part that out. Can yeah. You spread it's it just around. This it's huge, huge ball, and they just need a drop. And they're just like, hey, we got this much. It's very dangerous. Um, Makes no sense. This is totally spoiling stuff for you, by the way, and I'm really sorry I about feel that. Like that's at okay. this point, <laughs> she's got a uh, movie. She might not go see it. <laughs> yeah, she's in it now. Um, okay, so this was my problem, and, and maybe you have a solution or a reason why, but why drill the hole? Why couldn't he you know just. What? That's an excellent question. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like it makes it more cinematic. I don't know why. You I mean, know, the like drill have, looks awesome. You have all that time because there's drilling. So the, the bad guys are drilling. The good guys can have go time and do it. If it yeah. was just like shooting it, they could shoot it from anywhere. You know, they can warp. Mm-hmm. So they just like warp in, drop off a black hole, leave. You've just messed up not just the planet, but that whole star system. And That's true. Star systems, and and I want to say much. also, by the way, you know, not to offend you and not to offend any of our listeners or viewers at home. I'm not a Star Trek geek. Obviously, I don't know. And I use geek as a, as a complimentary it's a term. term. It's a good term. Uh, I just mean I don't know much about it. So if there are solutions that are out there and I don't know about them, <laughs> keep that in mind. I just watched the movie and I had some issues with it. Yeah. So that was one of them. And I will say, love the way the drill looked. It looked cool. It looked really Very cool. Very like... Evil steampunk. Yeah. Kinda, which and I like awesome. how they like landed on it and were fighting on it and stuff like all of that is yeah. very cool. But then they kind of ruin it because there are scenes where they just throw this red matter at a planet or at an, a huge supernova or whatever. And then it still works the same. I mean, yeah. if you're going to if you're going to engulf a planet with a with a black hole, why? Why does it need to be in the middle of the planet? That's a great question. I don't know. 
Okay, so so far like, I'm right. I mean, yeah, well, so, so <laughs> like to create a black hole, you need a, like a huge amount of mass, mm-hmm. and like that's why it's usually done with collapsing stars because there's so much mass that it collapses on itself and forms into this black hole. Okay, but this is done with such a tiny amount of mass. I mean, super small. They literally lift it at some point. Like lift it. They pull it out of the red matter. Oh, and right. They hold it in their hands. Yep. And then they put it into another thing. So like. It's got to have it's some got, magical. There must be, yeah. Yeah. Star Trek is not Well, besides usually, the fact that it creates black holes. Yeah, besides. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's just assume <laughs> that, that, normal. that the matter part can somehow, like, actually That's do right. the weird out there physics that it's doing. Right. Like, I don't understand why, like, what? Ugh, it's dumb. It's yeah. really dumb. Okay, And it, so, Star Trek's not super magical, like, as a rule. They don't tend right. to go very magical. It's true, and they like, don't spend a lot of time explaining, this. but it's still, like, uh, things seem relatively uh, logical. That seems like a physics joke, relatively. Yeah, I'm constantly making uh, subliminal jokes for later. Just so like, if anything I say sounds stupid, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's actually really smart. It's just a joke He's for later. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay, so here's another one. I'm just going to... Fire these off right here. So at, towards the end of the film, he starts attacking Earth. That's, mm-hmm. you know, of course, where uh, it all gets to. Sure. And he once again, he he comes near the planet. Near starts, San Francisco, actually. That's right. Right off of the uh, the old bay. I, by the way, and, uh, you know, Thank not you. to bring up terrible memories of San Francisco. I know this is your home and all. Um, but a lot of these movies... Like attack San Francisco. Yeah, isn't it's that like, like the a, place to attack right now? It's kind the, of is. Godzilla it's attacked been, us. Yeah. It's always been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Has it really been? There's oh. so many films well, it's like where New York you gets see attacked. It's got an iconic skyline. It's right? a nice skyline. Yeah. Cool bridges, people. lots of water around. <laughs> so you feel bad automatically because yeah. people are cool. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't understand why they attack us all the time. Because we're that? cool. Yeah, they just don't like us. They're just jealous. Yeah, part of the reason they attack San Francisco in this case is likely because. Again, plot device because mm. Starfleet headquarters is San Francisco. That's true. So Starfleet it's like if they attack somewhere else, then like Starfleet's gonna have to go get in a motorcycle or something and drive down there. And <laughs> yeah, everyone montage, gets a motorcycle. You know? Yeah, because Star- Starfleet loves motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, like, they wouldn't use. If you they're wouldn't in use space, a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, if they're in space, they got spaceships. But if they're on Earth, motorcycles. Motorcycles only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so my my thing here is that there's no defense going on at all. Like they come and save the day from outer space from like a space station or whatever but earth in the future has no way of knowing that there's no like a lasers on the moon or something spaceship is coming that is an enemy clearly an enemy spaceship it looks sure. terrifying and then the drill comes down and still nothing happens there's no i don't know it's just like one ship they're just like oh well we got this one we send that one yeah it's really far away oh, it's <laughs> not here right now like what <laughs> a bummer shields though no shields not around the planet there's just oh, nothing no. No, not, not the, the planet, around the ships. What? I mean, yeah. the, oh, enemy, the enemy puts a shield around. That's true. Right. But I would have loved to see some turrets or just like, I don't know. Yeah, some yeah. Launch, some little tower defense. You little know, tower little, defense. Yeah. yeah, it makes me feel, uh, you know, a little safer knowing that in the future we have some sort of like, you can't, me- you can't mess with our yeah. planet. You yeah. Know? Okay, so that well, was Well, maybe that's something that Tammy knows about. Like, hmm. what... In in uh, just like hypothetically speaking, in terms of lasers as an energy source, and also then potentially as like weaponry. I guess I don't even know if it's weaponry so much. She's, sorry, but her face is like this happens to me all the time. Yeah, because like they use phasers, which are not lasers in Star Trek. They call them oh, right. phasers specifically. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the, the little guns. They, yeah. yeah, 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 and also the ones the ships have. Oh, okay. But lasers in general. Wouldn't really do that much if you just pointed a laser at something, right? Tammy? 
Oh no. It sounds like you can you can blow shit up. Yeah, I mean, really? creates... am I allowed to cuss on film? Yeah, oh, perfect. Fuck yeah, okay. Tammy. Oh, got it. All <laughs> <Yeah>. right, <laughs> you can blow shit up. Um, <laughs> um, easily. Oh, and like it's always a risk right now. Even with um, off-the-shelf lasers, you can shoot them at planes and blind the pilot. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait. Um, what yeah, do you mean off-the-shelf lasers? Buy like a green. A green Pretty light. strong green lasers that can. <laughs> what are these? Really I don't know about this. Well, oh, that's maybe better that Just you don't. Kidding. Don't, don't go online don't and look this. for them because yeah. if you point them at airplanes, the yeah. FAA will come and find yeah. you and arrest Whoa. you. And okay, guys, don't do that. If they're you're enormous eye hazards for sure. Um, Whoa. Many of them. And yeah, you can definitely think about a lot of different defense applications using lasers. That's for sure. Are yeah. you like contracted to make these and you can't tell us? I can't tell you. Okay. <gasps> that makes a lot of sense. It seems like a yes. <laughs> I'm not accusing you. I'm just saying it seems like a I yes. I just can't say. Okay. Just can't say. That's totally fine. Um, so somebody would get uh, messed up if they, like if I shot a laser at Trace. I got a powerful one. Like, I got a powerful one, yeah. What about one of your lasers? 192. Oh, yeah, for sure. Any one of them would I mean, if it's making something so damage. hot. Yeah. Really? Wow. That makes sense. Uh-huh. I mean, it does make sense, but I guess I didn't think about it. Yeah. And is it always like a, you know, like, stream type lasers like the ship seems like they shoot those like they, they will seem more plasma based than plasma anything. based yeah okay this is new to me yeah what does that mean when, do you want to go you want this one? you want to take no, the plasma because yeah no, that's a star trek well i mean it seems more like well, it, it seems more I, like I fluid based than it does light beam based. oh when I they're see shooting okay, in okay. original star trek stuff it's more like a beam and it just goes like but in the new oh. star treks it seems more like a blue blue like they're they're throwing <laughs> fluid based stuff like uh, this is perfect like for the audio laser. only. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying to okay. help with the audio. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But they, it seems more like they're shooting little packets of energy. Okay. Are likely people plasmas. get hit by them it, in the movie. Yeah, oh, okay. and they kind of go like right. they kind of splat. They get hit and fall over. Yeah, and so and it well, does definitely yeah. have inertia of some kind. So uh, I okay. There's something. So I mean, that's what a laser is too. It's a packet of photons essentially, and if Sick. it's energetic enough, you can make it as long as you want. We call those. And you can keep them on continuous wave lasers, or you can okay. you can modulate their power as a function of time too. So, so they're very precise and they're very pointable. They're, we call it coherent, and that's how it's different from white light. Um, okay. And so when you when you focus that much energy, you can do a lot of damage. So yeah. you can purposefully focus a laser and just shoot a mm-hmm. chunk of that plasma? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah, well, you turn things into plasmas, basically, yeah. Okay, and yeah. what would that do if I shot that, that trace? Why me? Why are we shooting at me? I mean, I'm fine You're with it. You're sitting the science. only other one here. Depending on how powerful, you might be from a burn to slicing off parts. Wow. It seems like That's neither... awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and we're going to try that when we come back. <laughs> um, it seems like neither of those... never had this conversation before. <laughs> I would assume you guys talk about this all the time. <laughs> yeah, we sit in our labs and we're like, who can we kill today? Yeah. Oh, please what edit of, that out. <laughs> what kind of defense can please we set up? We will. Uh, I'm not going to. So you can edit it out of your we show. We will off our show. Uh, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, in the in the film, people don't seem to be burned or... Uh, you know what's the word I'm looking for? Like sliced, named. <laughs> I was thinking named. of a more scientific term, but I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. Dismembered. Sure. Uh, oh, whatever. I'm not gonna. Th- I'll think of it like an hour from now when we're not recording anymore. <laughs> but yeah, they just get like hit and they like fall over. But I guess that's for like PG purposes. Maybe. Yeah, but it would have been. Oh, you're really right. There cool. isn't much blood either. Yeah. No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah there's no cauterize it. Cauterizing it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's I was word. talking about. Yeah. 
But it would be really cool if I'm saying in the movie, you could just, you know, see somebody's arm come off or, you know, kind of Tarantino, like jokey. Yeah. Uh, gore. Like, yes. Because yeah. it does seem, I don't know. I thought it was kind of silly. They're shooting each other and it just seems like it's like, oh, like a paintball. It's like, you know, ow. yeah. And they just fall over. Right. And know, they grab seems... their stomach. They always get shot like oh. somewhere, somewhere easy to grab. They're like, <laughs> oh, oh, God, my blood on the hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's more movies. Very general. strange. Um, OK, so I'm going to I'm going to f- get rid of a few more and then we'll hop back into uh, things that we can learn here as a well, I'll learn. You guys probably <laughs> already know everything that's going on. So there's another uh, part here where Spock, if you remember, is like showing him he like puts his hand oh, on yeah. his on his head and he's like giving him the flashback mind meld and he very quickly kind of skims over what happened in the past and what happened was that he was supposed to go save Romulus by shooting this red matter and like saving it from a from a supernova which was going to explode it and he's just like late to it he just fails basically he just says like so i got our fastest ship and i got the red matter and the unthinkable happened and the planet was destroyed it's like that's not unthinkable at all that's exactly what you were going that's your mission that was his that's entire why mission you were there was to save this thing and he just didn't do it and didn't explain why and then uh uh kirk is just no questions he's just, he's like, just like oh yeah well that's tough yeah it's a bummer yeah that sucks and if you think about it if he succeeded in his mission, the entire movie wouldn't have happened. True. Nothing would have, nothing would have gone wrong. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how the movie came to play. So Star Trek has always played with time a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They like playing with time travel. I actually went to the Star Trek, uh, the Science Fiction Museum, and they had a Star Trek exhibit. It's in Seattle, uh, the Science okay. Fiction Museum. If you haven't been, it's really fun. Yeah. Super nerdy. We'll go there uh, They have, time. like, original stuff from the Star Trek original series and, like, uniforms oh, and nice. stuff. I got to watch really that cool. first, I guess. But they have a giant timeline of all of the Star Treks and where they all fall on this big timeline, oh, including okay. time travel episodes where it's like, okay, so then they went here, and then they went over here, and then they went up there, and then they went to that one, and then they have a crossover here, and then yeah. so it's, it gets convoluted, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a whole other timeline. Like, it's a completely from separate timeline from gotcha. the other Star Treks that you would think of on television or even the other movies. This okay. is uh, the moment that Nero goes back in time, which we haven't even talked about going back in time. And Jim <laughs> but, like, the moment he goes back in time, he creates the Biff timeline. Right. To, uh, which ruins the whole thing. The back to which the is Spock's fault. And that's all yeah. I'm trying to say. It he messed fault. up and nobody blames him. Yeah. No, okay. they don't. They don't. Because he's Spock. What are you, how are you going to blame Spock? Uh, like this. Yo, Spock. <laughs> uh, what the hell, man? We gave you one thing to do. You took your sweet time. There's literally a clip of him just like checking off things on a clipboard, <laughs> like walking around the red matter. Like, okay, this looks good. Everything looks good. I guess I'll leave soon. It's like, go, man. You just, billions of people died on this planet because you were, I don't know what, going to the bathroom. Right. Well, that's the question. If they made the red matter, couldn't they just put it on their not fastest ship? Because they were building the ship in the movie, too. Yeah, They're put like, it well, on the next fastest. Got this fastest. red matter. Like, just put it on any ship. Pick it up along the way. Just yeah. Like, if, the, if the fast ship gets done, What about, like, a probe? Halfway. They don't have, like, uh, unmanned <laughs> probes that they could launch and shoot? I don't know, man. It just All seemed right. like if it's the, the, uh, the catalyst for an entire film for a bunch of problems... You spend two seconds to give me like a legitimate yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, JJ, uh, I'm sorry. Just, sorry, uh, JJ. It didn't make any sense to me. Guys, if you'll stick around, we got to take a quick break. I got is nowhere that, to go. Is that cool? Yeah. You have nowhere to go? You guys here. have nothing to do? Yeah. Nothing at all. Okay, fantastic. We'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. 
Welcome back to this crazy combination show. It's Bad Science and Seeker Plus together for the first time. Unbelievable. I'm into it. Are you into it, Tammy? It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been so fun, and we're about to have a bunch more fun. I have some, like, minor things that are kind of science-based. So, like, yeah. in Star Trek, they have warp speed, mm-hmm. right? So they're not, like, going really fast. They're warping space to travel. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, uh, I don't know, kind of silly, but maybe it's realistic that they're all, like, just hanging out on the ship during warp speed. So they're going warp speed, but they're also just, like, very casually having conversations and hanging out. Um, I think that's actually kind of cool because that's what happens with, say, like the International Space Station, right? Okay. And it's going around the Earth every 90 minutes or so, so super fast. Yeah. But when you're on there, you don't realize it's going super fast. You're just doing your thing. You're doing Whoa. your astronaut thing. I did not know that the International Space Station went that fast. It goes very fast. Tens of thousands of miles an hour. Whoa. Yeah. That's like almost warp speed. <laughs> almost. <laughs> okay. This entire podcast was yeah. just now worth it for that fact. Uh, why is it going so fast? Is there a reason for that? There must be. So it doesn't fall into the earth. <laughs> that, that's actually true. I mean, really? No, it's, yeah. no, it's a great reason. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, so well, I guess Tammy, it, do you want to <laughs> I don't have a better explanation. <laughs> that sounds legit. I mean, it, orbiting is basically going so fast that even though you're falling, mm-hmm. you don't ever hit the ground. Gotcha. Like the earth right, falls yeah. away from you fr- faster than you are falling toward it. Would they be able to go slower if they were further from the earth? Yeah. So I would imagine is so. there a reason that they're close by? Shuttle, the, sh- the space shuttle can only get so high. Ah, so they, could, like meet they up. could go get get stuff with the space shuttle and then bring it back. So Isn't they're in low earth orbit. Really hard then to meet up with it? How do they do that if it's going so the fast? The space shuttle goes pretty fast too. Okay. Yeah, it's actually not so hard. Because you, you can't. <laughs> All of the effort. Oh, okay, sorry. I can do that. I'm not an arrogant bastard, I promise. Um, <laughs> no, it's just like trajectories, because you know exactly the speed and where that where it's the ISS be. is. Yeah, and then where to meet it. Okay. Yeah. The whole thing seems so dangerous to it's, me. It is. It is it dangerous. Is, yeah. yeah, things get broken, and, you know, there's they'll have missed approaches where they're, they're like, okay, we got it. Oh, we don't got it. We got to back off and like try again and again. Oh, how do you back off? So they have little thrusters that they'll move away and then try again, oh, okay. and again and again. For some reason so. in my head, I just feel like the International Space Station is right outside of the atmosphere and they only have like one shot and then they have to come back down. And then, <laughs> But my, my head is broken. So. No, it's interesting because the more, the more you learn about it over the years doing like D-News and Seeker We've done a lot of episodes about this stuff, and okay. so like the atmosphere doesn't actually just end at some point. So the ISS is actually impacting parts of the atmosphere high up. Whoa. It has very little drag, so they occasionally have to boost it to like pull it back up away from the Earth again cool. and again because it's got just a little bit of drag on it. Is it affecting the atmosphere in a bad way or no? A good no, way? no. It's the same Neutral. as like if you put a spacecraft back into the atmosphere, the atmosphere is just slowing it down based on friction. Oh, okay. Um, so the ISS has a very small amount of that. There's even one, it's a controversial study showing that, uh, done by, I think, Russians, that they said that there was um, bacteria or, like, microorganisms on the outside of the International Space Station that were mm. tossed up there into the atmosphere and somehow got stuck on the outside of the ISS. Whoa. Again, controversial study. I don't think there's been any repeatability on it. But controversial. It, it's, like, I don't know. Like, they got from probably the ocean into the atmosphere and then just worked their way up there. Again, 
controversial. Controversial because they're Russians, or because controversial because there hasn't been repeatability. Like that, nobody else ah. has done these studies and checked it. And oh, well. it's also like there's microorganisms. It's in space. It's like all this. There's radiation. There's all these yeah. other considerations that. Uh, well, you know, Tammy, maybe you test it out a few times, do the same study, and then get yeah, back to just us. Do oh, yeah, some like ISS just, bio yeah, studies. Take a break no, from don't. whatever you're doing, and yeah. yeah, okay. Well, funny enough, I used to actually work in astrobiology, oh, and okay. what we used to do was we would. <laughs> Where was that before? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> take swabs from um, either the ISS or the space shuttle from Kennedy before it went up to space. Uh-huh. And then we would try to um, figure out which microbes are there. Um, and you expect when your your spacecraft goes up, most of the microbes will get killed just from mm-hmm. the UV. But some of them do survive. Some mm-hmm. of them have UV resistance. Whoa. And so those are the ones you have to watch out for. Because if you ever want to colonize something like Mars or mm-hmm. another planet, mm-hmm. you want to make sure we don't bring up Earth microbes. Whoa. Were you working with the planetary protection? I was at JPL. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. So wait, what is that? Uh, The Jet Propulsion Laboratory. No, no, I know JPL. I'm saying, what's this planetary Planetary protection? Perfection? Well, (laughs) we're going to perfect. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Let's start that. That sounds more Romulan, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Planetary Protection Office. So yeah. It was just the astrobiology group. Yeah. Oh, okay. But a cool name. Their job is to not contaminate other planets if we can. Wow. So they'll like. The InSight lander that was just launched was likely baked or bombarded with UV radiation to kill anything on oh, the outside of it. So smart. if it gets to Mars, it doesn't accidentally contaminate Mars with Earth bacteria. Great. I hope we do the same thing with Earth. I feel like we're contaminating it constantly. All the time. Yeah. Kind of impossible not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since point. we're on such a dark note, I guess that's a good <laughs> place to... Uh, no, I do want to ask you about uh, fusion and, and fission and then radiation being waste. Because I, I read a little bit about that, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to stop myself. Tammy will tell me. Maybe Trace will tell me. Uh, so the difference, you, you mentioned it earlier, between fusion and fission. Yeah. So fission is you take a heavy element, mm-hmm. something like plutonium or uranium, and you break it down. And when you break it down, you are, again, liberating mass. Because um, what you break it into then weighs a little bit. When you add those two things up, they weigh a little bit less than your original piece did. Oh. Um, and so, whereas fusion is taking something small and pushing it together to make something bigger. Okay. Similar processes, um, except that fission, um, in a way, is a little bit easier because um, with something like plutonium, it naturally wants to break down. It's not a super stable element. Okay. Um, and that's why in a fission reactor, the kinds of nuclear plants we have today that are running today, mm-hmm. um, you do have to worry about things like runaway um, and overheating because essentially you just have to have enough mass to get the reaction going. And if it's too much or if um, you're generating too many neutrons, then it will run away. Whereas with fusion... Um, in order to, it's so hard to get started. You have to put so much energy in it initially to get it started that you don't have to worry about runaway because you can always turn off your lasers or cut off your original energy source. Oh, okay, That's gotcha. And do you mess with both or are you a fusion? We are we are fusion Okay. on the NIF, yeah, so only fusion. Screw fission. Those guys are wusses. Sure, or let's say that. <laughs> you don't mess with that? Well, yeah. when you said it was messier. Everything's so messy with fish. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, not easy. It's yeah. it's messier. It's yeah, very messy. That's a better word. Okay. There's stuff flying everywhere and okay. alpha particles. Mm-hmm. And just, ugh, God. Yeah, gross. Ugh. It's just, ugh. that's disgusting, honestly. Yeah, I can't really eat is. now for it's the rest gross. of the day. It's like the dirty, dirty parts of physics. Okay, sweet. So let's not mess with that. Um, you mentioned, and I'm going to say this wrong probably, 
deuterium. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah you got it. Holy crap. You're um, learning stuff from this podcast. Look at you. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's kind of the point here. Um, <laughs> so the, there's part of this which is fiction and, and part of this which is nonfiction. Um, in Star Trek, they have impulse drives, which mm. is the fiction part, which obviously does not exist. But that's how they travel around in space. Supposedly, it's not uh, light speed. It's slower than light speed. But they use deuterium, deuterium fish, no, fusion, uh, a, a reaction, a deuterium fusion reaction. Yes. I'm a scientist. Nice job. You sound like one. Said it. You sound I'm like basically one. a scientist. Yeah, yeah at this okay. point. Um, so does that make sense? Is that how that would yeah. work? Yeah, yeah. So you can actually fuse anything together, any kinds of atoms together. You just need okay. that much energy. Um, we pick hydrogen because it's the lightest element, so it's supposedly the easiest to fuse. Um, and deuterium, what that is, is an isotope of hydrogen. Um, so there's basically an extra neutron. It's heavy hydrogen. Heavy basically. hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And yeah, you can definitely, um, DD fusion, where you fuse two deuterium atoms together, is a very energetic source, actually. Is that so. useful? Like, do we use that for anything now? Yeah, we, um, we actually do DD fusion in the lab at the NIF. Oh. And um, if you count the number of neutrons that come out, you know exactly the number of fusion reactions that happen. Oh. Um, the other type of fusion we actually do is deuterium-tritium tritium. fusion. With tritium, yeah. New vocab word. Yep. New word. Um, it's actually slightly heavier than deuterium because there's two neutrons okay. um, in the nucleus instead of just one. And uh, deuterium-tritium releases actually uh, slightly more energy. Okay. Uh, and it's actually a little bit easier... Actually, I take that back. It's not easier to initiate. Um, but it generates more energy than the DD does. So Okay, trinium. Tritium. Tritium, is, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and are there real-world applications? Have, can, does this happen somewhere? Uh, there's a number of real-world applications besides um, just energy as clean energy. Um, uh, we have deuterium and tritium inside our nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah. only for a you good went cause. There. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fault. You started you it. it up. You started it. Um, um, well, I mean, th- these sound uh, really cool and clean. And so why don't, you know, planes and cars and all of this, like, are we going to transition at some point to this kind of thing? Or because from what I understand, the way that my car runs is not clean and it's expensive and I hate it. So how far are we from something else, and what would it be, question mark? I think, well, we have to demonstrate it in the laboratory first, um, and we have to do that once. Um, and Wait, so that's never been done? What do you mean? So we do fusion on a daily basis. Okay. Um, and using all our lasers, we easily get... 10 to this, more than 10 to the 16 reactions each time we do an implosion. Um, But that doesn't mean we're actually generating enough energy out. It's not more Mm. than we put in. So it's not an efficient cycle yet. Okay. Yeah. So we still got to work on that. And until we do that, I can't say, can't see it in your car anytime soon. Right. Mm. Also, unless you want to drive around a NIF for now. Yeah, that's a big car. I mean, it's a really big car. I mean, I'm clean. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have like a jacuzzi in there and a little yeah. dance floor and whole apartment building. Really. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rent it out. I love it. To people. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm so, in. Uh, radiation being waste uh, from these reactions is that? Does that make sense? What so, I said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for us, the the, the byproduct from a deuterium tritium fusion reaction is helium. 
helium. And energy. Oh, so that's why it's clean. That's why it's clean. Got it. Yeah. And that's why there isn't any higher higher level nuclear waste. Where where does that come in? When is that a, a worry? That comes in with fission. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, ugh, dirty, yeah. dirty exactly. fission. Ugh, God, exactly. everything's a problem Jeez. with fission. Um, and primarily, it's because when you break down your heavy element, the other elements that you have that it breaks into may not be super stable, okay. can still be radioactive, still producing energetic stuff that's coming out. Yeah, and you you have to do something with it. That's the waste. Got it. Yeah. So imagine Did you I have, right, I mean, yeah, as far as I know, um, <laughs> like so, I said, I'm making up as we are. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so good. think of, um, a uranium, think of a, a hydrogen atom. It's just like one little balloon, right? Yeah. It's just one. And so what we want to do is we want to smush two or a bubble, like, right. You want to smush two bubbles together and you're going to lose some, some in the reaction. That's like fusion, right? Okay. But fission is like a whole, well, 92 proton bubbles okay. and like 150 neutron bubbles. So it's just this huge mass. Okay. So if you poke it, you're going to break those bubbles into two and you're going to lose a lot in the process and mm. they might not be stable and things might like collapse or break into a whole bunch of other pieces. Yeah. So that's what's happening in fission. So it gets that's why it's messier because there's just so much more happening. Gotcha. Whereas with hydrogen, it's so much simpler. I'm putting finger quotes up because yeah, yeah. it is just like we can control these two little bubbles or at least we think we can. Right? Why like do people mess with fission? It's easier to, to kind of Tammy's point earlier. It's a oh. little easier. It's just it's it, uranium 235, which we use a lot, wants to break down. It, it kind of almost right. wants to do it. So right. when they discovered it, um, they discovered that it would do this. They essentially built a system where they could shoot neutrons at uranium. Okay. And when one of the neutrons hit it, it would break it into pieces. Mm. They were surprised. They didn't know that that's what would happen. What they thought would happen is it would make heavier elements, not lighter ones. Okay. So it took them a little while to figure out what they had discovered. Okay. Um, and they, I don't remember what elements they ended up with, but uh, like polonium, I don't know. I don't even remember now. That sounds um, good. Yeah, bologna. Yeah, bolonium. <laughs> <laughs> but they ended up with these lighter elements, and they said, oh, so what we have done is break these, this, giant mass into two smaller masses but those masses aren't naturally created right so they decay and they have like a a whole mess that comes after them unfortunately all of the stuff gets thrown away the thing that blows my mind about radiation as waste is that's only the first level of waste is the radiation itself Mm -hmm. but like let's say you work in a nuclear plant and that does fission the radiation is affecting not just like direct contact but the janitor's broom if -hmm. they're sweeping up all the time for 10 years they might have to take that broom and put it away as radioactive waste because it's just had so much radiation around it for so long you know? Stuff scares me so bad. It's not that scary once you understand more about it. It's more mm. scary because we don't understand it. The yeah, more you understand about why. it, the less scary it gets. It is serious, yeah. but it's not necessarily a scary thing uh, if you kind of know more. Yeah, maybe as I do the podcast, I'll be less scared of it. But until then, maybe. it just freaks me out. It's kind of the same thing with flying insects. They also scare me. They are scary. I don't yeah. understand. I don't, the biology is just weird. How it's do they weird. fly? I don't know. I'm scared oh, yeah. by those new robots that can walk on two legs. And open doors now? Yeah. <laughs> and jump. <laughs> they scare me. Terrifying. There aren't that many robots in Star Trek. Just to bring it back to the movies. That's oh, that's true. true. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, Star Trek The Next Generation, there's one. I mean, two, technically. Lore, whatever. Yeah. But I feel like if I did anything futuristic, there'd be robots all over the place. Right. Yeah. What uh, what what sci-fi films do you... Like, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? Ooh. So... I'm actually a really bad nerd, and I probably don't watch as much sci-fi as I should, okay. um, but I have to say, 
the next Star Trek movie, Into Darkness, mm-hmm. I loved. Okay. Because parts of it were filmed at NIF. Ah, okay. So which parts? Do you know? Do you know? Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah um, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> our, our target chamber, where we actually do all our experiments, where all the lasers are pointed at, where all the diagnostics are hanging off of, yeah. um, that was actually the warp core for the Starship Enterprise. Whoa. So in the movie, <laughs> um, it actually malfunctions, and they actually have to go in and, and try to fix it. And oh. they're running around the facility, having battles. Cool. It was, it was pretty cool. Were you guys able to just like hang out and eat popcorn? And so you're like, oh, hey, what's up, Benedict Cumberbatch? How are you? Nice yeah, you, you know, really cool. we hang out on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, uh, you guys became best friends. Oh, yeah, totally. No, not at all. <laughs> really? I wasn't allowed in. <laughs> of course. Roped um, it off. No, actually, the facility was still running um, while they were filming. Um, so we were doing maintenance during the day, and they would actually film at night. Oh, mm. that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's super neat. Yeah, that's nifty. People say that all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for, for hosting me. It's been wonderful. My pleasure. Uh Trace, Tammy, is there anything you guys want to promote, plug, tell people about something coming up? You have a are you shooting a like hundred and ninety-three lasers at anything sometime soon? No, but definitely uh, go online and check out our website, lasers.llnl.gov, and see kind of the expanse of cool experiments that we're doing, not just for ignition, um, but also a lot of astrophysics experiments, new materials that we're building in the laboratory. Check us out. That sounds great. What's that website? One more time. Lasers.llnl.gov. Great. Okay, cool. And you can always watch Seeker Plus on the YouTube.com slash Seeker, and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're all over. And you can also find me on Twitter if you want to talk Star Trek anytime. I'm at Trace Dominguez. Great. Okay, cool. I'd like to promote a show that I host, a comedy and music show called Shrimp Show at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles on July 6th. So if you're here in L.A., come to that, and we'll see you next time here on Bad Science. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. As always, thanks to our production staff, Megan Bates and Brent Butler. And of course, the enterprise producer, Brett Kushner. I hope you're sitting down because we're on Instagram now. You can find us at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Check that out for behind the scenes pictures and videos and updates about some live shows that we may or may not be doing. As always, send us an email, badscienceatseeker.com. Let us know what movie you'd like us to do next and any thoughts you have on the show. Please rate and review, and we'll see you next time.